This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm for Sunday, June 13, 2021. Another incredible week here at the farm. I should have personal note, I just got my second vaccination yesterday. And a little, little vaccination funky this morning. I don't know what that means, but if you've had yours, I'm sure you know. It's all good. Um, anyway, just want to let you know what's going on in case I don't have the usual exuberance or I'm a little off the map today. The a couple topics today. One is, one is we really don't know a thing about swarms. And I, I was so... This has been, if you follow it on, on Instagram, even if you look, if you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and have a look at our, um, the video I just posted for this week's video blog, you'll see the sort of, some of the course of events, but most of the things that happen are not written up in science when it comes to understanding swarms. And the reason I think is because in traditional beekeeping, if you see a swarm, and I, I still have this impulse, if you see a swarm, my dad did the same thing, your job is to go out and get it, which means you get a hive, an open hive, put some frames in with some hopefully some uh, comb uh, drawn out or some wax comb, leave a little space in the middle, and you try to shake or encourage the bees to have the queen go inside the box. Basically, you capture them. They then follow the queen in, you shut them, you know, you shut the lid, some people actually shut the front entrance for a couple of days to make sure they don't go anywhere because they often will if you let them. And that's how they deal with a swarm. So as soon as you see one, you catch it. Now, if they swarm and you don't see them and you don't know where they go, you can't observe what we observed this week because you just don't know where they went. So the traditional science behind understanding swarms is limited to a couple of things. There have been... Um, Many studies done, in, and uh, if you, uh, you know, I talk about Seeley's book and, and, you know, the democracy where the bees vote to decide where to go, and then they, when they hit a certain threshold of agreement, they then go to that place and live there after a swarm. That's when they're in that cluster. They'll do the waggle we've talked about and go. So our experience this week where it looked like a, a hive had come to the log house on June 7th, the log home, and then two days later, there was this huge storm, uh, swarm, storm, yeah, and swarm in front of this hive that made no sense. It was it got just huge. And then it, there was another swarm, and it looked like a swarm had joined it. And then there was another mini thing where half of them seemed to leave. And then they came back, and then they left, and then they all left. But there were still bees inside the hive. And then the question is, was it a usurpation or a usurpation sorry i'm probably not saying that right i don't have it in front of me but where where a hive will will be sort of taken over and the queen will be killed but that didn't make sense and then the temperature inside the hive when they when that first large swarm came remember i have a sensor inside the log hive this is the saint robert school hive inside it went up to 42 40 to 3 degrees celsius which isn't supposedly um survivable for a lot of bees it's hard it's sort of on that fringe so was that just an accident or was that swarm actually trying to kill the swarm had come in earlier <laughs> i don't know my point is we really don't understand swarms if you look at the original swarm we had of the year the other log hive where it was so cold i think they lasted about a week before they moved on and so I, I, I just find this fascinating. We're going to have to do more and more studying on swarm behavior because I kept looking up in the science, you know, how do swarms join? I mean, what do the two queens do? Fight it out, one doesn't make it, so then you have a big swarm with one queen or are there actually two queens in, in, the, in the, you know, cluster? 
It doesn't make sense, but maybe it I don't know. There's some uh, beekeepers who report that 15 to 20% of hives actually have two queens, that they actually coexist, which no one talks about. So we really don't know anything about swarms. At least I feel like I don't. So that's one issue for the week. Um, I just went out there again to have a look. And there's a beard of bees around the entrance now at that log house. Um, and, but the entrance is open and bees are coming and going. So it almost looks like a form of bearding where there's just too many bees for the space, which might be possible. And they may be waiting till uh, a new queen is created so they can swarm again. And I don't know, I'm going to be looking at some video today from yesterday of close-ups of bees coming and going to see if they're bringing in any pollen. Because that's that's some indication that perhaps they're um, they have a queen and they're working on uh, building comb and but also uh, feeding babies. So we're we're gonna have to keep a close track. It's just fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff. Um, also, if you look at um, our farm, Mary, Mary's starting to do more um, panoramic views. We call it in the. Uh, Yellow sweet clover is absolutely, it's like five or six feet high. It's full of blossoms. The bees are just going crazy. Underneath of it, there's alsic clover. We also have the purple thistle starting to bloom. Um, it's just beautiful. Dogwood, um, again, alsic clover. We have that all over the farm as well. Um, and the bees have a number of other wildflowers. I, I, I've actually made a decision yesterday to cut down some of the voluntary canola because it just seemed to be, it's, first of all, it's man-made. And second of all, we really want the bees to enjoy the diversity that we have. So we're not going to get rid of all of it, but because that's what's here and we didn't plant it. It just sort of came from other farmers, I guess. But we're going to cut out, I'm going to cut out some more this week and just leave a little and hopefully keep that back. Also on, on the um, uh, tall grass prairie and the wildflowers, cut back some of the weeds. They say you should chop it or bush hog it three times a year, which I did sections just to do tests to see how that goes. But the um, certainly the yellow sweet clover is a predominant uh, flower that the bees are working right now. If you walk through, we have paths cut through, you can actually hear them buzzing all over the farm. So this week we're going to keep uh, really close tabs on the um, swarm behavior. We have other hives that are going to be swarmed. The good news is if we do a, a quick hive report, the no-look splits that I did in early May, they seem to all be successful. And we'll keep track. We're not going to open up the hives. We're simply looking at the outside and we're seeing more and more bee activity. It's increasing the beehive activity. We're seeing them bringing in pollen, which is all, also positive. Now remember, we could have a, a worker bee who's laying eggs, which would be very bad, but we wouldn't have an increase in volume of workers, foragers coming out. So, so again, we're trying to do hive inspections by watching them from the outside, which is the theme for this week's video that you can get at wildflowerbeefarm.com. The um, upcoming week, we're going to be, I'm going to be actually purchasing the final two hives, War A hives. We don't have War A hives here in the farm. And the dilemma is, how do we populate them? Do we hope that some swarms choose us or do we um, do some form of, you know, moving uh, Langstroth into it? I'm, I'm, you know, Mary made a great point. Let's just leave them and let's hope we get some swarms. And if not, we'll put it out next year in the spring. Uh, still no, no residents in our living log highs where we've 
we've cut out uh, cavities and trees. Some research says it sh should cure first or dry out for a year, but we'll see what happens. Also, nothing yet for the new top bar hive we purchased. So we have a few spots open for vacancies, for tenancy of swarms. But again, it's very tempting, but we let them do their thing. When they swarm, they can choose to stay or go elsewhere or other, other um, swarms can come and stay with us. So I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. We're working very hard on bringing you more videos. If you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com, scroll down, you'll see our videos. And at honeybeelessonplans.com, we're, we're going to be creating new lesson plans again for this for September, for when we're uh, through the pandemic, and hopefully we'll get some school boards on side, and we'll be able to move forward with the ability to help children understand our environment, nature, and honeybees. Again, I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week. We'll talk again soon.